The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hey guys, it's Gabby, and welcome to What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Gabby. I'm the founder of What's Gabby Cooking, a food website. I'm a best-selling author, and now I'm a podcast host. What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine is your one-stop shop for all your food and cooking-related questions. We'll be talking tips and tricks, how to store food, how to put together meals based on what's in your pantry, and so much more. Plus, every episode, I'm going to be highlighting a super cool company that's doing awesome things in terms of home delivery, since we're all limiting the amount of time we spend at the grocery store. So without further ado, this is What's Gabby Cooking in Quarantine. Hi, guys. Happy Friday. I feel like we made it another week. This was a crazy week for me. I have been running on adrenaline for four days, five days straight, actually. Like it started on Monday. Well, Monday, honestly, I felt like I was going to vomit. I was so nervous. But besides that, we've been running on adrenaline ever since. And I'm so excited for this weekend. I think I'm actually going to take maybe a couple hours and try and live without my phone. Doubtful that it's going to happen. But hey, we can all dream, right? I just want to say thank you again for all of your guys' support on Book Launch. It has been incredible watching you cook recipes from the book send me pictures of the book, freaking out over the book. Like it's just beyond my wildest dream. So thank you so much. And let's get right into the podcast because there are some, I mean, honestly, my inbox is overflowing with questions. It's incredible. And I picked four for today and I'm pumped about all of them. Here we go. Hi, Gabby. This is Zoe Jones. I am from Dallas, Texas. I am a general surgeon actually working in a very small town in southern New Mexico. My question is, what are your thoughts or recommendations for a Mother's Day meal, which could be prepared sort of all in advance the night before? I am on call on Mother's Day, and my mother lives with me and takes care of my 15-month-old kind of full-time while I'm working. So I really want to do something special for her, but I'm on call on the actual day, and I want to make sure that it is all kind of I can prepare it before and just pop it in the oven the morning of or just do some quick assembly things. So I didn't know what your thoughts were on that. You are my favorite and I love to cook so much. That's one of the really good things about quarantine is that I've been cooking a whole bunch more. But again, just preparation and timing of things is a weakness or things I don't think through sometimes. And then you're like, oh my gosh, how am I going to make all of this? Or how am I going to time it right? So I would love to hear your thoughts on this and recommendations for a make-ahead, lovely Mother's Day brunch. Thanks so much. Love you. Bye. Hi, Zoe. Happy early Mother's Day to you and to your mom. That's a great question, and I am all about prepping ahead, so I feel like you have absolutely come to the right place. There are a couple things off the top of my head that comes to mind. One, I have a few stratas on my site. There's a spinach artichoke strata. There's a mixed berry strata. Both of those are great for prepping ahead because you can literally make them, keep them in the fridge and just put them in the oven and bake them off morning of. Super easy. All the scones on my site are really great for make ahead because you're actually supposed to chill the dough before you bake it. So like the cheese and scallion, the Meyer lemon blueberry. I mean, there's so many scones on my site. I'm obsessed. You could make all those a day or two ahead of time, put them on a baking sheet, put them in the refrigerator, and then you just bake them off for about 15 to 17 minutes the morning of. And so they're hot and they're fresh and you can slather butter on them. So I think those are 
great. I think if you did like a savory scone, a sweet strata, and then you put together a really easy salad, you would have a beautiful Mother's Day. Another couple things, there are chocolate chip muffins on my site that are prepped ahead of time. You could do a chocolate chip bread pudding. You could do a banana bread. And then the last thing I'll tell you, quiche. So there are a couple crustless quiches on my site that all can be done again the night before, and you can bake them off morning of. You also could bake them off the night before and just like reheat the slice at a time when you're looking to serve it. They're delicious and they save really well. They're really like, I hate the word, but they're super moist. So that's why you can bake them off the night before and they're not going to dry out. So I think any combination of those, I don't know how many things I tell you, six things would be a pretty special Mother's Day brunch. And I know my mom would love it. So I'm pretty sure yours would too, but great question. And thanks for being an awesome doctor. Hey, Gabby, this is Katie from Boston. First off, congratulations on the book. It launched today. So, so excited for you. Um, And I can't wait to dig into all of the recipes. I have five lightning round questions for you. What is your most used emoji? Your best baking or cooking hack? Your favorite place in your new house other than the kitchen? The top three places you hope to go for your next surprise family vacation? And if you had to choose salt or pepper. I hope you have a great day and keep up with the podcast. I love it. Oh my gosh, Katie. I live for rapid fire questions. I don't know if I'm going to hit these in the right order, but here we go. Salt or pepper? The answer is definitely salt. Most used emoji is the crying laughing face, like the one that they're laughing so hard they're crying. Favorite place in my house is my office, my little like desk area, which is just off the living room. It's got great light. All my cookbooks are around me and it's very colorful. My best cooking hack, I would say sitting on, like literally sitting on butter to make butter room temperature. (laughs) It gets it room temp very quickly and the amount of cookies and banana bread and all the things I've been baking recently, it's really come into handy. Oh, and then the top three places I would want to go on surprise vacation. I want to go see the mountain gorillas in Rwanda. I would love to go back on safari in, well, we were in South Africa and Botswana last time, but I want to do Kenya. And I would love, 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 love to go to do Japan. So those are my top three. But honestly, this is going to sound so cheesy. I'll go anywhere with my parents. Like they're the best at planning vacations and we all travel so well together. They could take me to Tubac. Does anyone know what Tubac is? It's this place in Tucson. Like, dad, I don't actually want to go there, but like I would. (laughs) (laughs) Good question, Katie. That was fun. I loved that. Hi, Gabby. This is Callie from Chicago, and I'm a huge fan of yours. In fact, I've been cooking a lot of your recipes in quarantine, and my husband keeps asking, is this a Gabby meal? He is obsessed as well. I have a quick question. I wanted to make your banana bread on a whim, but I noticed that the butter should be at room temperature. And I know from a previous podcast, you said that room temperature is really important in order for the baking goods to turn out. So how can I get butter to go to room temperature quickly, like within five minutes, so I can make your banana bread? Thank you. Hi, Callie. Great question. I mean, obviously, I was already vibing with you because I kind of brushed over that in the last question. So yes, you need room temperature butter for a lot of things. If you put butter in the microwave, it sometimes gets too liquidy to have the desired results for whatever you're making. And the 
microwave tends to heat things from the inside out. So like even though the outside of the butter looks soft, the inside could be melted. It really becomes a little bit, you don't want to do it. So I actually, like I said earlier, sit on the butter. I will put it in a zip top bag, put it under my butt, like fully dressed in the bag and sit on it for 10, 15 minutes, not long, and it'll be ready to go. Room temperature, you just have to slide it out of the bag, slide it out of the paper, put it into your mixer, and you're good to go. Sometimes, like if I'm really thinking ahead, which is obviously, I mean, honestly, it's never, I'll take out butter at night and just leave it on the counter. Sometimes if I have a big recipe testing week and I'm baking a lot, I'll leave multiple sticks of butter on the counter just because I know it's going to be fine for the week sitting out there and then I can make it at any time. But I think sitting on it's the way to do it. And like if you have kids, get them involved because they'll think that you're crazy and there's nothing better than that, right? <laughs> but enjoy that banana bread. I would like, ooh, hot tip. Hot tip, you guys. I was talking to one of my girlfriends here in LA. She's pregnant and she had a loaf of banana bread delivered to her and she froze it. And now she's been taking slices of it out of the freezer and eating it cold. And she says it's like a banana bread ice cream sandwich. I told her she should obviously add ice cream to it. And honestly, it's the wisest thing I've ever heard. You guys should all try it. All right. Who is next? Hi, this is Rachel calling from Colorado. So your new cookbook title, Eat What You Love. I was immediately gravitating towards that anyway, not only because I love your cookbooks and your cooking style, but just because it seems to really silence this food fear of certain food groups and types being off limits. So I'm curious how you get such a balanced perspective on this and how being in the food world, especially, you kind of do silence that extra noise coming in about what should be quite literally off the table and what's on it and just how you stay centered around all of this. I would love your insights. Thanks. Hi, Rachel. That is a great question. And I'm glad you asked it, especially this week, because the book just came out. The book for everyone listening is called Eat What You Want, 125 Recipes for Real Life. And I think the bottom line is you have to eat what you want. If you go to a place of deprivation where you're like, oh, my God, this is bad and this is bad and I can't put a full banana in my smoothie. I mean, excuse my language, but that's kind of a mind fuck. Like, and you're going to end up binging those things. And then you just develop all these, you know, mental blocks about these certain ingredients. That's not healthy. Like, let's not even get into the food shaming. Like, just thinking all that kind of stuff is not good for us. I think it also has to do with balance. Like, yes, you're allowed to eat cookies. And yes, you should be eating salads. And yes, you should be moving your body. But you got to do it all in balance. Like, if you're having a day where you're just not feeling great, I think you have to allow yourself to sit on the couch and skip working out and eat some cookies or a grilled cheese or a quesadilla or whatever it is that's comforting to you. And then wake up the next morning and be like, all right, we're going to tackle this and look on the bright side, like, and eat some salads and maybe have some vegetables and stuff like that. I think keeping the balance in mind is really key. Not depriving yourself of anything is really key. And knowing self-control, like, and I joke about this all the time, like I eat a lot of cookie dough but I don't eat like 12 cookies worth of cookie dough. I'll have like four and I might not feel great afterwards. So I know that I should be eating something a little healthier to counterbalance that in my body. But, you know, keeping that in mind is important too. I feel like I should have my mother on this podcast so she can school us on how she taught me all these things. But I just think the bottom line is there's a lot of 
noise in today's world about the foods that we put into our body and also what the ideal body looks like. Like someone with 0% body fat, a perfect spray tan, huge boobs, heels, short shorts. That's not real. Like negative 1% of the human population can look like that. And no one really, yes, those women are quote unquote beautiful, but like you don't have to look like that to be beautiful. There are plenty of other body types and everyone's different and we're all unique in our own ways. And I honestly think what makes you the most beautiful is having confidence. For example, I am not exaggerating, but like I'm not super skinny. Like when I bend over, I definitely have rolls. <laughs> They're there and that's fine. But like I'm really happy with my body and I love that I get to have cookie dough and grilled cheeses and indulge in certain things and eat with my husband and whatever. Like it doesn't bother me because I know I'm happy and I think that's what makes people beautiful on the inside is not worrying about what they put in their body so much so as taking what you have and really rocking it. I don't even know if I answered your question. I feel like this should be a full podcast. Maybe I'm going to get my mom involved or my dad, all of the above, but hopefully that's helpful. And I think just bottom line out there, I want to end on a positive note is the accounts that you follow, if they're too noisy for you, like if if they're telling you that so-and-so is bad and you shouldn't be eating this after 2 p.m. or some of these rules, they don't exist. Like that's not real. Not everybody knows exactly what they're talking about. So I think you have to make decisions on your own. You can consult your own medical doctors and you don't have to follow things that aren't bringing you joy. I really believe that. I mean, I did a full purge of my social media recently and it was lovely. (laughs) I hope that helps. And I'm going to give that some more thought. I feel like that's a question we should probably come back to in the future. I did write a whole intro about it in my cookbook, though, if you want to read something in there that talks about that, because I think that's helpful. I'm just blabbering on and on and on. Let's talk about cheese. (laughs) Okay. So every podcast, as you guys know, we are featuring a super cool company that's doing incredible things in terms of delivery. And last Insta Live, I got a lot of questions about people asking where I was getting cheese. And honestly, I ran out. So someone sent me this. It's called Crooked Face Creamery. The website is upnorthricotta.com. It's small batch ricotta from Jersey Cows. And I ordered some. And holy moly, my lasagna game was out of control epic. Like I love ricotta. I slathered it on a piece of toast. I put it into pastas. I, sky's the limit. Go on my website, Google ricotta, and you'll find like all the recipes I use with ricotta. But this cheese is impeccable. So if you need ricotta and you have a hankering for lasagna or something else, go to upnorthricotta.com. Again, it's called Crooked Face Creamery and it is amazing. All right, that's it for today's What's Gobby Cooking in Quarantine podcast. Be sure to tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday for the foreseeable future until quarantine is over. (laughs) If you have any questions that you want answered, give me a call, 888-338-4429 and leave me a voicemail. Or if you have a super cool small company you know about that deserves to be highlighted, leave it as a voicemail as well. Make sure you subscribe on whatever platform you're using to listen and follow along with What's Gobby Cooking on Instagram and Twitter. And for more recipes, check out whatsgobbycooking.com and I will talk to you guys very soon. 